Hello, Annie Trenders. It's your boy, James, coming at you from the final stretch of my classwork. And joining me are the usual suspects. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie hopping back and forth between the Girl Taku and this podcast. And. And it's also your boy, Nick, or Nico, or whatever you want to call me. James took the. All of the hard work that I spent trying to think of my original intro. Um, but actually, it gets a pretty interesting thing. But I've had the songs from Ya Boy Kong Ming stuck in my head for the last two weeks. And I'm looking for some good, fresh Eurobeat recommendations if anyone's got them. You just gotta listen to the Dota. You just gotta listen to Bass Nectar. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Anime trend- Trending Podcast. I almost said Anime Trending Public. Uh, I have been studying too much. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into our first topic, which is the chart check. This is our this is week three. So this is, I think, our second chart, third chart, third chart. Third. Well, yeah. Third have we had. We, I don't know. Third, third chart, one. third chart. Yeah. We finally have movements. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Um. So. In first place, yeah, a little bit of fighting for the top. So in first place is Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. In second place is Spyx Family. In third place is Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. In fourth place is Komi Can't Communicate Season 2. Fifth place is Aharen-san wa Hakarenai. Sixth place is Ya Boy Kong Ming. Uh, <laughs> seventh place is Tomodachi Game. Eighth place is Data Live 4. Ninth place is Summertime Rendering, and 10th place is The Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, which dropped six spots. Something must have happened that people did not like. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I'm not paying attention to the show. Me neither, so I don't know either. <laughs> I, I think my favorite part of looking at the chart check actually is within the top two, because Kaguya was second place last week spy family was first place and they swapped places but like i've been seeing all of the like shinzo abe please uh do your part for japan memes like all the time and so i'm almost thinking like i can kind of hear shinzo abe's like small screams as he sees that the uh the romance show that will never resolve itself is getting ahead of the one about having a family (laughs) (laughs) getting together and raising a family yeah it it, i enjoy the jokes but at the same time abe shinzo is not in charge of japan and he's not the prime minister anymore he stepped down like two years ago well that's so he no longer has to be the the prime minister but then he now has all the time in the world to get back to the things that he truly cares about which i said according to twitter is that (laughs) is making sure people have kids yeah Oh, I thought for a moment you were going to say it's it's anime, and I was like, he's into anime, <laughs> and so I was about to be very confused. I, I would be very shocked if you had a prime minister that was just, like, so not into anime, I'll be real, but, but like, only because it's been so old at As a cultural point. export, it's too big of a force to ignore. Yeah, like, and if you remember, like, in 2016, um, in anticipation of, like, what would have been the most awesome olympics ever shinzo abe like jumped out of a warp pipe or something with yeah Super Mario he was he, he like, dressed up as mario yeah so like all i'm saying is he there's no evidence to say that he's not following this chart <laughs> he may even be one of our esteemed listeners who knows anyway 
it's again th- th- i think we talked about this last episode where we kind of just looked at the chart and went yeah good shows are good <laughs> um i think i know in our dms you brought up the fact that one of you brought up the fact that you are either shocked and or horrified that Tomodachi game continues to climb. That was me. The disappointment that was immeasurable was me. So <laughs> No, I think it's very measurable. It's 12. 12 disappointment. Yeah, yeah. It's... I, I just... I don't get it. I don't care why people are liking it and making it go up. Though, I will say, as a quick clarification before we go into anything... Because I do know people have asked questions about this. Summertime rendering has been released officially in other Asian countries outside of Japan by Disney+. And as a reminder for everyone, even though we are always writing things in English, our community itself is actually international because you don't actually have to understand or read English to understand how our charts work and, you know, which anime are in which place. And so how we put things on charts, depending on, depending on, you know, the availability and <laughs> accessibility of certain anime, it's if a good enough, which is if at least 50% of our community has access, then we add it to the charts. So even though, unfortunately, the mouse has trapped uh, summertime, trend, uh, summertime rendering in the house, um, they, uh, the rest of the countries uh, that do have access to it legally are enough to make up 50%. So yeah, just want to make that clarification real quick. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? This was, I, 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 sorry, let me, let me start that sentence over again. This would have been the ideal time to take a sponsorship from one of those like dozens of VPN sites that like sponsors oh all those gosh. YouTubers. Oh my gosh. Because it would have been like, <laughs> are you unhappy because you can't watch summertime rendering? NordVPN, Surfshark, uh, <laughs> I those are the two big ones I think. Uh oh, ExpressVPN. That's the other that's the other big one. Uh please stop sponsoring like I I like the YouTube creators that I watch to make money, but also good lord, please stop. <laughs> I'm so, tired so, of So this, this VPN could ads. just be the advertisement right now and we can just itemize and bill them later. They might yeah, like um just all three of those companies please expect an invoice in the or, next couple. Or of if, if you see this message, please t- tweet at NordVPN being like, "Hey, I am aware of your service because of Anime Trending Podcast who you should pay." Yeah, tag boat ta- tag us and whichever VPN service you're using, you're using. That being said, I am kind of like bummed at like it not getting released or even having um any time period at all with disney plus um because it's almost like i'm watching this from like a high level point of view with the uh other competing streaming services um where this show is like the first of many possible um properties that disney can um forays into the anime sphere yeah exactly and you had the light forays um with the Star Wars Visions projects, which happy mm-hmm. May the Fourth at the time of this recording, by the way. May yeah, the May the Fourth be with, be with y'all. you. Um, uh, so I am kind of a little bit bummed about this. Like, I'm, I'm going to call it Netflix jail, but it's it's like it's just streaming jail from Disney jail at this point. Um, That's but why I say I, trapped trapped by the mouse in the house. So. Yeah, <laughs> the mouse in the house. Oh, okay. Stuck in the mouse house. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, except there's, like, prison bars on the windows. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just wonder if, like, there's other projects as well that are getting announced, too, at the same, similar up-and-coming that we just don't know about, where if, like, there's 
multiple oh, properties something the, in the works. yeah exactly there's so much of a um I a think push Disney now or i mean companies as a whole can still be a little slow when it comes to understanding how fandom and community works i mean first of all disney does have a better understanding than netflix i would say because netflix only streamed it weekly in japan and didn't do it anywhere else until fairly recently like homie can't communicate they are actually releasing stuff now just like a few weeks behind which is not a big deal in my opinion i know some people are upset with that by that but not me um but it's not a big deal for me either i'm constantly behind so if the show is behind as well that works out yeah yeah and i i definitely don't mind if it's like a few weeks behind like that really doesn't make a difference to me and my experience in that case but um the other thing is, so Disney is a little more, I would say, knowledgeable because they purposefully chose Asian countries to release it weekly to where it's not just Japan. So they are clearly aware of the fact that anime is probably the number one entertainment in a lot of these Asian countries, which is accurate, actually, because I was watching anime before I even knew it was anime because it was it's so prevalent in regards to uh asian culture and asian countries and so so disney understood that so they are uh releasing it weekly in asian countries but that being said i don't think they realize that the weekly watch is a very inherent part of anime culture here in the west as well and it's not just you know it is not just uh contained in the uh, other hemisphere and so I think eventually they will catch on, but for now they're still not quite there yet. So <laughs> the thing that gets me, and we, you know, and again, uh, you do not have to hand it to Disney. It is another giant multimedia monopoly. Uh, but they already kind of know how to do this correctly. Like I remember when when Netflix started acquiring when Netflix started acquiring shows, we. Uh, got up in their grill because they like released them you know in batches and nobody liked that and disney's response to that when they made series like the mandalorian and other things they released it weekly they know that weekly works well the other part like i'm gonna i'm gonna do the argument um in favor of netflix i don't know why um probably the first positive news they had but at the time when disney plus was releasing the mandalorian they really didn't have anything that was going to keep you on their service for multiple months at a time. I think like from their initial batch, it was like, yeah, it's just, a, it's, it's a bunch of the movies, but are you going to pay for the movies every time? So like, I felt like Disney and I think Amazon did that a couple times where they were doing the weekly release for the shows um, early on in their streaming services lifetime, just to ensure that they have a base audience. Um, because once you start paying for something, you kind of forget that you're paying for it. Like, um and now that people like are trying to make the conscious decision of oh now that i think about it why do i have a netflix account because of like all of the bad news that netflix has had for like the last uh i don't know a couple of weeks it's really bad news for for a streaming service like that like you you really just want to be like the 12 bucks a month forget about it some days you might not feel like you got your 12 dollars but now that i'm like consciously aware like i'm giving these dollars every month Yeah, now that they're turning the screws a little bit yeah like i better get my 12 dollars a month um one way or another whatever the price is for the thing um it went up they raised prices yeah and like i even have to make conscious decisions on some other streaming services too like um i was gonna say like your boy kong ming is on high dive which is like 
funnily enough, like it's not a bad thing that it's on a small service, but it's also something that I think kind of hurts the audience for a show. Um, I haven't finished like Review Starlight for the longest time just because it's on High Dive, and I'm like, I don't want to just pay for a High Dive s- subscription just to watch Review Starlight. Sorry, Medi. Sorry, James. <laughs> yeah, how dare, how dare you dishonor Medi's memory like that? Dishonor the movie's upon co- you. Oh, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get into upon the news. Family dishonor on your cow. <laughs> yeah. I'll get into the Review Starlight news later. Now that you've brought it up, but, yeah, yeah. And I, I was gonna say like this season, I thought High Dive has a couple of pretty good shows that like would be worth. High Dive actually at. has a lot of classic anime. If people want to look at sort of a lot of the anime that set the tone and the pace and like the style of current anime, it's on high dive. And I even highly uh, encourage people to do so because those are in many ways, like the roots of modern anime. So yeah, high dive has a really good back catalog. The one critique I will have is that their subtitles are ugly as sin. It's Um, gotten better. I don't, I, they gotten better. Yeah. So my first experience with high dive subtitles, Nick was on your smart TV uh back when we lived together and the the roku app for high dive meant that the uh the subtitles looked like the closed ca- the automatic closed captions for like a news report where yeah, like it was yeah. white text on a black bar that kind of scrolled up as it needed to like line by line and because i was watching review starlight with it and they're singing the good thing is that they subtitled like They'll put in the Romanji as well as the translation for any songs that are included in their shows, which I think is really cool, and I like that a lot. However, the formatting meant that it was taking up, like, the entire screen or, like, half yeah, of because, the Yeah, because normally it's not, like, white or black letters with opposite uh, highlight or, what do you say, like, uh, border on yeah, the background font background. But, like, yeah, no, the high dive one, it's, like, literally, like, a black box, like, filled in. So, like, it's just that is this, not you the see case this anymore. black rectangle. <laughs> I know, I, I actually, like, I need to resub it's on improved. my high dive and figure that out on my Roku. It's it's improved, but um, the I, I do wish they'd moved the, the subtitles a little further down the screen. Um, and I'm watching on mobile, which is a little... Yeah, the tablet app. Oh, is. Yeah, I'm watching on my laptop, so the screen's bigger, so it doesn't the, the bother the PC. Me as the much. PC, the PC um, version is definitely like the best looking, and I think for a lot of people that is how they consume most of their anime. But uh, as somebody that sticks to mostly mobile devices, it's a little, it, it has something to be desired. Yeah, but review Starlight news. Uh, congratulations, to those of you living in North America. The review Starlight sequel movie is coming to. Uh, to you very shortly. There's going to be a premiere at Anime Central, which. Uh, I'm really sad that I decided not to go and instead like I love my family and I'm very happy that I'm going on vacation with them that weekend but also (laughs) Uh, I'm full of distress Uh, luckily there is a second opportunity if you're not in Chicago uh, in like two weeks Uh, the I think it's the 5th and 6th of June or maybe the 4th and 5th it's like the first weekend of June there's going to be a bunch of screenings in theaters like all over i think right now it's just the united states and maybe canada um but they've got a couple hundred theaters uh on the list and so that is the best chance for you to go see it because good lord it's been out for like two years in japan and it's about time it made its way over here um in other news, I almost regret building my new PC as early as I did because it turns out that uh, Asus is selling a Neon Genesis Evangelion themed motherboard and um, 
also a an an RTX uh thirty ninety that is also Ava themed. It's purple and it's green. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm finally <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> Are you looking at this? I thing? finally see though what it looks like on here from the motherboard, uh, and oh my gosh, that's what if we made it purple? Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. How much uh, is the markup if it's like compared to just? It, well, like it's, it's a thirty ninety already. Oh, it's two thousand dollars. Oh jeez, but uh, um, cool. Uh, yeah, you can pre-order it uh, through Taiwan's cool PC. The pre-orders for the card are limited to only. They only make 15 of them! Wait, they... It's, wait. It's $2,100! $2,100? What?! <laughs> that's, I think, I think that's more than twice of what my PC build was. What do you mean pre-orders are limited to... Fi so they're only selling 15 of these total? I guess. What the heck? I'm gonna be so mad if one of those gets turned into a rig to mine Bitcoin. I will hunt whoever bought I, that. <laughs> I don't know. Beat them over like, the head with it. Yeah, like... Yeah. Combining my love of Ava with my hatred for for cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh my gosh! The oh my PC gosh. gamer article on this too. I'm like, I'm just reading. I'm skimming through it. So, <laughs> heaven forbid we as a news. They're only selling about the news. fifteen of these GPUs, and it's gonna be twenty one hundred dollars. That's like not that much more expensive than like a regular thirty. An actual. Yeah, thirty nine. That is hilarious. So they just create. They don't understand what they just did, right? Because like, yeah, what company did this? Like, Asus is doing. What? I hope this opens the door. <laughs> oh my god! No, this is this actually has the best front line on this PC Gamer article. It says Asus is going to release a limited edition RTX thirty ninety. GPU inspired by the most confusing and depressing anime ever. Neon Genesis hey, Evangelion. Hey, hey. The finale ended on a really hopeful note, so I resent that. <laughs> did it though? Yeah. Did it though? It did. I, it did. I think it does. Uh, I'll put a link to our article on the uh, motherboard because I think it's really funny and you all need to see this. Uh, anyway, it's, back it's, to the joke. It's really funny, but I'm also <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this person has like never watched Ava in their life. Is like all I think it's, <laughs> from that time. That, yeah, no, it's it's kind of infuriating when when at, at the same time you don't necessarily have to like you can't get too mad at them. They even they could not have expected an Evangelion graphics card. So you know, some their editor was probably like, hey, you need to write this. And they're like, but I don't watch anime. And they're like, you know, boss is like, too bad. <laughs> Pull up the Wikipedia page and see what it is about. Any anything is possible, which is what I learned over the weekend because I saw um, everything everywhere all at once, which probably meant that we're in the timeline where Ava Ava motherboards exist. Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch that. I got to check to see if my local theater is still doing screenings. It's, it's definitely the best movie I've seen in the last three years. It's my favorite movie, and I watched it twice. So, oh, nice! It's amazing. I could I could talk about this for hours. Um, maybe we'll do maybe if we ever run out of ideas we'll talk about things that aren't anime i think that's it for the chart check do we have anything else we want to uh well i would like talk to about? put in a complaint after i gave yes. my professional disclosure of why summertime renderings on our charts now um what is wrong with you guys for voting tomodachi game up i hate that anime <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's one of the few All animes right. i hate this season and which is terrible for me because i don't drop things so <laughs> yeah oh it's your fault 
That's what you get for having principles. I did like the last episode. There's just, like, a lot of really cursed parts of the show that are so dumb that I'm like, I just, at this point, it doesn't phase me anymore. But I did like the mind gaming that happened in that particular episode. Yeah, I, I will just... say the last episode, like, some of the solutions or, like, um, ways to trap that the Yuichi came up with, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's pretty clever, you know? So uh, so I did like some of that, but, uh, like, just as a whole, I hate it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I, it's not Kaiji. Whoever decided this is Kaiji, like, actually should not type anything ever again. Um, oh my god. Take away their, take away their writing privilege. Yeah, so, like, the thing that makes, like, Kai, Kaiji or even, like, I'm gonna say Akagi, like, really brilliant is, like, the way they handle the mind games and the mind trapping, where, um, Kaiji does it where he's the main guy, but he's, like, an average guy trying to think through every possibility before coming up with the solution, and so you're constantly in that tension of, like, you don't know what's going to happen to him, or, um, you don't know what his solution is going to be, but he does grasp it based off of the clues that they show you. But like you see his kind of thought process play out until he gets to the stroke part. And He's an everyman. Yeah, and like in Akagi, it's different because you don't get any insight into what he's thinking until he just goes for the kill in Mahjong. And like that actually makes him really scary. Um, because all the monologuing is coming from the villains' heads. Because, like, the villains are the ones that are like, I've sculpted this actual perfect plan, and I'm gonna play around what he thinks is my plan, but then not realizing that Akagi has a plan to counter the plan, countering Akagi's fake plan. <laughs> all <laughs> taking. Describing this right now. <laughs> And, and, like, actually, though, that that is like the Tomodachi game formula, where the villain guy is like, had a plan thinks he's getting figured out and is like, okay, I'm going to counter it with this. And then the main guy was like, ha ha ha, you don't know my perspective at all. Cause like I, the audience isn't really told what his, what his head is. And that, that, that actually is why like in, in the anime, like Akagi's a monster. Yuichi is kind of a monster uh, in that case. Yeah. Um, that's the only praise because like the stakes are way different. Like I could, I could care way less about like, him trying to preserve his friendship through, like, extreme conniving and, like, um, debt. Whereas, like, Mahjong in Akagi, they're, like, literally betting their own, like, blood beyond, like, lethal levels to obtain, like, millions of dollars, like, in that case. Like, I feel, I feel like that sort of high stakes is, like, what's causing everyone's brains to, like, fire on all cylinders because it's so much more life or death. Um, yeah, I, that's, I, I agree um, in terms of that, like, the stakes in Tomodachi game. Also, I think this is because I, as an American, and the fact that the the dollar is, like, all, almost consistently more than 100 yen, it's like, it's this, look at all the zeros at the end of your debt, and my brain's like, that's a really big number, and then stops paying attention. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, wait, if I divide it by 100, it's not that big. Like, I, it's... like, it's a lot, and it would probably cripple you for a considerable amount of time, but also... uh we are Americans that went to college and the idea of having crippling amounts of debt follow you through your entire life is kind of the norm. Oh, yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I bet I could find a couple of my friends that are like, what? $200,000. Wow. That's so little debt. Like amazing. 
it's it's God. true. Like I I will give them a little benefit of the doubt because debt is scary. And like I recently, like literally, like two days ago, my catalytic converter on my car got stolen. So oh, uh, no. yeah, oh. those are expensive. It's literally like a two to three thousand dollar fix because it's you gotta come in and like there's damage on that. So like I understand. Like yeah, that could be like the was it two hundred thousand yen, which is whatever their penalty for. Doing stuff is just oh, you lost your catalytic converter in the game. Um, so now I relate the, a little bit. The Tomodachi game, the thing for me that just drives me insane are those two moderators who have to keep interjecting and making like Captain obvious comments and stuff like okay, that. Okay, I like, love the moderators though. Oh god, but, like, I cannot why, stand though? them. Okay, so so this is this is something, uh, and this is probably a, a, a take that only I have because it's my own lived experiences. But I I basically see the um, and I don't know, and I think this is a combination of just like me watching people play video games and also just like talking with people about it. But I see those two as like honestly as like me and Nick, where I'm the short pink haired one, just like, no, oh, I'm no, really excited about what's no. going on, and we're all excited, and then Nick has to sit down and explain to me what the hell is going on. Uh, no, no, you two are not insufferable like those two are. Yeah, I, 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 oh, I was I can be say, like, it's only accurate if is if I use my explanation of what's going on to understand that, like, they truly had no control of their actions because of their corruptible mortal Ningen nature. And it's actually just a product of society, which is why they did that action in the game and what everything said. Like, like, it's just so, like, like it hammers you in the head over, like, this is the theme of the show. Yeah. And I just, I hate it. It's so, I, like, it's so pseudo-intellectual. It's cool. also patronizing towards the audience, especially when the short-haired one, so the dark-haired, the one with the boobs, uh, she, when she, like, turns towards the screen, which is very obvious framing. Break that fourth wall, me. baby. Yeah. yeah. No, that was completely obvious, like, fourth wall framing sort of thing, where she turns towards the camera, aka the audience, and she's like, you haven't been paying attention. I'm just like, shut up! You know, go away! That's fine. It, I have yeah, a hot lady in a suit lecturing me. I'm pretty happy. Like, yeah, no, it, it's like a like a rabbit pull out of your hat sort of thing instead of, like, the actual scheming going down, where, like, in Kaiji, you could just get, you can guess what he's trying to do in some cases, where you're like, oh, this is an interesting strat, I didn't think about it, but then, um, like, you can kind of see holes, but not, like, obviously exploitable holes. Like, in Tomodachi Game Episode 5, the guy, they're all writing bad things to say to someone, and, like, Yuichi proposes, hey... What if we all just don't write things, ex- like, one person doesn't write it, and we all just write the one thing, so we know who's in the lead, so we balance everything out, and then, like, the villain just counters by writing, like, ten notes, and you're just like, oh, well, yeah, the rule literally said you could just do that, like, it's it's not, like, it, it was something that, like, I think falls apart in, like, five seconds that you have to, like, think that it, it was, like, some sort of like trick later on but they still don't reveal any of the tricks and it's been like five episodes and i'm like you can't you can't keep pulling me along thinking that you're like the smartest person in the room when like you've shown no evidence of like of like your intelligence yeah the breadcrumbs there it's just too like 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 it's too railroaded. I don't know if that's like the right term, but like if D and D. Oh, like... I, I I absolutely agree. But also, I'm dumb, and so I like to kind of look at it. Like I'm I'm not 
I, I'm trying to solve the puzzle a little bit whenever there's, like, a thing presented, but at some point my brain just gives up, and the show doesn't punish me for giving up because the result is always stupid. Okay, yeah. but even, like, some of their, like, statements don't make sense, or it's just completely raw. Like, one of them, the pink hair girl was like, wait a minute, there's no way that this would disrupt the friendship, and she's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, romance and love is unconditional, it's simple, but friendships if have you politics. don't have five, like, do- if you can't what? spot me a five, James, we're not friends. That's what, she, that's what the, the black hair girl and said. Like, <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. Which idiot actually believes that? Like, all relationships are complicated. Not There's not one that's, like, less complicated than the other one. That's the whole point of relationships, so... But that's the great part about the show, is that because it's focusing, like... It's one thing if you have a bunch of, like, strangers in a death game, because then that comes down to a lot of those, like, thought uh, thought experiments, and you get your prisoner's dilemma, and you get all that other stuff. But when it's, when it's you know, friendship, it means that any time there's a hole, you can just brush it off by saying something, something, friendship, and that, that, that gives them a free pass. So actually, this show is way smarter than you think, but for all the wrong reasons. But, like, other death games, like, use the whole, like, oh... They're like nine strangers and they don't know each other, right? And then like as the show's going on, you're like, oh, actually some of these people like do know each other but don't want to reveal it to other people for That's very Agatha Christie mystery novel format. <laughs> oh, I was thinking nine persons, nine hours, nine doors, because that's like my only reference point. Yeah, no, that, that's how it is. Like some of the people do know each other going into that, um, into the game, but like yeah. they they don't want to reveal it because of like how the high stakes are, because in nine nine nine, like People are literally blowing up. Like, it's just really scary, like, scene at that point. Um, yeah. All right. So this is funny because uh, you put an idea in my head about that game that translates really well to a similar point in Tomodachi game, which is in uh, in 999, there's, the like, the first guy that dies, and I kept getting super irritated that he's wearing, like, two outer jackets at the same time. Like, the man, of course he dresses like a nerd and doesn't understand the basics of fashion or even layering, but it still irritated me. And that irritation translates over to the glasses guy in Tomodachi game, who has the worst haircut I have ever seen. be it, one of the commenters like the the moderators but instead of making stupid on the nose comments you could just be like man this guy's hairstyle is sucks so i yeah i just make terrible superficial insults like i that <laughs> i am no good in analysis but i will be your color commentator it's i don't know like i don't know he's got he's got bad hair i i actually think shibe's hair is worse but it's only because like i think the designs are just so basic for the main i think they all have bad hair is that, it like, his like kind of purposefully superficial blonde though because he's like rich and stuff i don't know yeah but is he supposed to be actually rich is the question because like that was actually something within the plot that i thought was kind of interesting where before they just outright said who the villain was that you could have made an argument that like any of them could have signed up for the game for any of the like really basic reasons that they gave in the first episode but now that they kind of up and said it like i don't know what's the main overarching drive like it's just gonna end at some point like so i'm behind so uh because i've only watched like three episodes because to prepare for both of the shows we're talking about instead of whole lassing one thing i half-assed both so i'm behind on both yeah um (laughs) they've already revealed who that takes all the suspense out of exactly, it. Exactly, like, yeah. Th- there's no, like, there's no carrying mystery throughout the games that, like, I think I care about. Like, 
I felt like any other death game show that I was watching that or, or death game related media that I played, like had something like that to carry me through the rest of the plot. Like nine persons, nine, uh, nine, 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 uh, like you're just like, why are they on the ship? Like they got to get off a sinking ship. That's going to sink in conveniently nine hours with all the other nine people. But you're like, why are these people here? Why do you got to get out? In addition to like the escape the room format that they've shown, um, yeah. But then like and also in Dang and Rampa, you have a bunch of kids like trapped in a school, and like the whole point is like uh, if one kid can get away with murder and not get caught or figured out at the trial, then they get to go free while everyone else uh, gets executed. But then the mystery is like why are they there in the first place, and what's happened to like the rest of the world to like facilitate this um, mm-hmm. and. Those are the mysteries that, like, I think tie directly to the plot because otherwise it's just disconnected. Like, we're today we're going to play hopscotch, but with knives or uh, we're playing. I, I I don't I don't know what the other games in Tomodachi game are going to be like. It's just like okay, we're it's going to be like here's basic uh, children's game, but with a twist. Um, but I don't know what's driving me to the next one. So I'm like, okay, so we know who signed them up. And do I care why? Or is the purpose just to, like, get money to pay off, like, the really, really big debt that the person, the trader has? I, I don't know what's tying you to the plot. Like, like what's stopping them from being like, yo, actually, I kind of don't want to play. Like, is, is, like, the Twitch stream just going to, like, murder them for, like, not playing in this debt game? Or, like... Yeah. That's the thing is, like, there there is... That that like uh, that that a thing uh, that, 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 that the stakes it's always the stakes of just like again your lives are not at risk yes debt can be crippling but join like literally join every American between the ages of twenty one and forty at this point um you know oh yeah but you're not gonna die like is it gonna kill you yeah it, probably it, it's, not it's also <laughs> kind of a weird disconnect where it's like a bunch of debt applied to like high schoolers who haven't had like the first independence thing like if it was like 19 year olds who just either started college or chose not to go to college because of certain reasons i think it drives home more of the stakes because like when you're in high school i still feel like i have my bright future but now that i'm out of it now i'm like okay this is what i got and if i'm not welcome to the real world yeah welcome terrifying. to the real world you still got to pay rent once you get I back from the tomodachi game cultural context missing though because while a lot of the people in that age range in the US have debt so it's like whatever we're all on the same page i don't think that gets the same treatment in japan so that's mm-hmm. probably another reason I guess so. I don't know. I've been reading a couple articles on how a bunch of like uh, like tuition at Japanese universities is going up, and so uh, folks are having to take like additional part time jobs, and it's beginning getting to the point where a lot of students are beginning to really struggle with their schoolwork just because they have to work in order to pay for college. Okay, well, I guess there's that. <laughs> I I just I didn't know because I'm like for example, I knew context was missing in like uh, the police anime last season, so I was like context could be missing in this one as well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. It, like, right now, it's just the overarching thing is just believe in your friends, which I'm, like, I don't know if I'm, like, as close to some of my friends from high school um, as I was now, but, I mean... From high school? Absolutely not. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, okay, dude, like... Didn't uh, you say already, Nick, that if this, uh, like, if Jay's got you into this game, you were you would be dropping him? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's more than dropping that. him. Yeah, like, he'd be, like, 
the first one, I'd be like, James is the traitor. Like, I no context. I'm like, <laughs> James is the traitor, even if I don't know it. And, like, just have everyone else eat him for my own survival. Like, oh, my God. Go. Like, it just, it, it just becomes a murder game. And then, like, the administrators are just like, oh, my God. We just wanted crippling debt, not, not murder. Life is sacred. What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> That would have been interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was also thinking as as I was playing this, like, oh, man, as much as I like to make fun of the characters and make fun of these games, I'm really glad that's not me because I'm, I'm gullible and silly, uh, which means that if, like, if it's with strangers, I can be a little bit meaner. But if it's with my friends, I'm like, we're all friends. And you could, like, be stabbing me and uh, actively stabbing me. And I'd be like, this is a good way to develop our friendship. <laughs> what are you talking about? What? <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm easily tricked. <laughs> Also, I realize it's kind of funny because my high school buddy, Bruno, is the one that is editing this podcast. So I, I'm going to slightly retract the whole, like, not as close with my friends from high school statement from before. <laughs> Bruno is cool. Um, yeah, I realized I was like, wait, that's kind of a weird thought. Um, I also did have a funny story with two other high school buddies that I met recently, but I'm going to wait either till the end or some other, like, end of the recording. I don't know if that'll make the, the recording, but it was... We'll see. Yeah, but, like, I definitely don't, I like, I keep in touch with my high school friends, but not as much as with my college folks. Anyway, uh, bu- 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 bu. transition time. Hey, remember our really cool intros? And by our really cool intros, I mean my really cool intro, because I stole Nick's. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your boy Kong Ming. Deputy Kong Ming. It's, uh, it, dang, this show is fun. I love it so I'm enjoying much. it a lot. Um... I loved it, and then the intro played. So I was like, "Oh, this is actually the this is the greatest show ever right now." I love the intro. You know, my favorite. I actually wrote notes because I was watching some of the episodes mm-hmm. today, um, mostly on like the first two episodes because I've watched three episodes now. But um, I love the the episode one fake out for the opening, where they play like two seconds at the opening and then just cut back to the actual show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, yes, Shibuya is hell, even when it's not uh, Halloween. Uh, it's so busy. It's, oh god, it's so busy. That was such a funny, like, opening, because... It was very good. Because he just ed- landed in probably, like, one of the craziest, like, times, because Japan really likes to go all out for their Halloween, so crazy mm-hmm. times and, like, a really busy season, and he's just like, all right, I- I've died and I'm in hell. Wow, hell is really noisy. Yeah, especially because, like, Kong Ming goes from, like, yeah, because from, from his time period, because he's the uh, War of the Three Kingdoms, is that the right phrase? Yeah, yeah the uh, Romance uh, of the Three, three Kingdoms, Kingdoms, Era known, of the Three Kingdoms. Known because of a particular novel called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Mm, okay. And the Magic the Gathering set Portal Three Kingdoms. <laughs> I do want to give a little historical context, though. But Kongming, which uh, historically is more known as Zhuge Liang. Uh, yes, I am Chinese. That's why I can pronounce the Chinese names. Um, but Zhuge Liang in Chinese history genuinely is probably one of the most brilliant strategists ever in Chinese history. Some of his things are it's just insane the thing he thinks up of he is basically responsible for the obey having even a chance in this war because the obey isn't the most incredible like he's not the most intelligent he has a lot of charisma is the thing 
the brain goes to Zhuge Liang, and it's just one of his, like, where his luck started to turn, unfortunately, is one of his strategies where he traps, like, the enemy soldiers in a canyon and then threw down straw and, like, lit the straw on fire with fire, like, with uh, uh, arrows dipped in alcohol. Mm-hmm. It it was his bad luck that day because there was no predictions for weather back then that oh, it, it rained, rained, didn't it? Yep, it oh. rained and those people escaped. And his luck started to turn after that, and that's also when he started to get sick and die. So, but anyway, Komi or Zhuge Liang is genuinely a really fascinating man with just an incredible brain for tactics and strategies for war. So it was... You know, it was really funny to see him go get the isekai ish, uh, the isekai ish treatment, and be in modern times and being like, "What is this? And what is this? And what is this?" So... What is the blockchain? <laughs> yeah. I liked, yeah, I liked how he was smart enough to go go to Wikipedia and figure out what happened, which also was like really sad in a lot of ways, where he just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. learns what happens, like the remains of his clan and everything. Right, like, yeah. because his faction actually his faction fell apart once he died because no one else was ever as good as him when it comes to strategies and then we have Taltal who's the guy who ultimately won Taltal had a team of extremely powerful generals that it just just by sheer power they would win so yeah thank you for coming to the anime trending three kingdoms podcast um <laughs> So 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 Gracie's like that one character from the first episode. What was his name? The guy who's like, "Look, I know everything about Kongming." I think I'm ask so. He has questions. a name in the credits, but I think he's only ever called owner. owner. Like he's the owner of the club, but he he has an actual name. Uh, if you no watch no, no I think he's talking about Kobe's first friend who like saw him and was like, "Oh look, it's Kobe!" And he was like drunk. Right? Is that the guy? You're the one who's of? like, "I'm gonna ask you questions only the real Kongming would know." Because oh yeah, I no, understand that's all the owner. knowledge the owner, past yeah. like like thousands of years into my timeline and then Komi just answers them because he's like the actual Komming and not just some some poser yeah excellent stuff uh i have also some other notes in here which is uh i liked seeing all of the posters in Aiko's room because i actually recognized one of them um the the name of the album is different but one of the posters on the wall is for Tatsuro Yamashita's album Right on Time uh, which I know, it, which the title track of that album is extraordinarily popular, uh, and it's seen kind of a resurgence recently thanks to uh, one of the uh, Hololive English VTubers singing it during her debut stream. Uh, it's kind of now her, like, she sings it a lot now because of how popular it was. Uh, but yeah, it's an album I recognize. It's an album I own, actually. I own that on CD. Uh, and so it's really cool to see that. And now I kind of spend way too much time looking at that wall being like, what are the other references? Because clearly that means that there's more, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of world world building detail that I think is neat. I kind of so my thing with a I, I like a as a character and I do like the fact that there's those details. I didn't know that I didn't recognize them because I'm not so much like I'm not so much invested in music, so I wouldn't have recognized it. But he, I liked the last few episodes a lot, but I did felt a lull a bit with Yaboy and Koming because they, 
they kind of focused more on Komin just being brilliant and having strategies to resolve things. And they didn't really have as much focus on Eiko and what she's doing. And so I didn't like that because I thought it was a little boring that way when their interactions and them being like Durotagonist, uh, Dur <laughs> which is like sharing the main protagonist role is what worked really well in the first episode. And so, but... I mean, the last two episodes, uh, well, first of all, the last episode was actually focused on a new character, but the prior episode, the spotlight was shared between the two of them again, so I really liked that. Yeah. It's a good show, um, and I, I'm enjoying the music a lot. It's it's making me want to go back and listen to uh, a bunch of music from a different franchise, though, because it's also kind of got the, it's, you know, anime girls and club music, which is uh, D4DJ, which had an anime series, uh, I think, like, last year, and the multimedia franchise there has continued to put out, like, music, and it's a little bit of, you know, like, the groups are pl playing covers of popular songs and some of their original stuff, and so I'm getting kind of similar vibes, and so... You know, after I finish an episode, I get the urge like to go and listen to other stuff because it'll scratch that itch a little bit. Which I think is neat. I, it's nice to to be able to go from like one thing to another trend, you know, transition like that, and and still enjoy yourself. Yeah, like not to sound negative, but I do like the fact that the show is centered around good music, and I really enjoy the music, unlike. Carol and Carol and Tuesday, which just I I thought the song was like the worst, but like the part that like in that show that always messed messed with me was like how they play their song and like sing the song, and it's just like everyone audience is just like oh my gosh, this girl with the guitar and keyboard are like the greatest noise I've ever created. You've just invented music, and then like the like what I hear as an audience, like I just don't hear it, and I'm like oh no, it's like the most yeah. like but that that's honestly just because of the genre where like they were trying to go with like the most indie sounding noise, but like it doesn't doesn't really work, and like I'll I'll preface this to being like I'm a huge Missy fan, so like I love a lot of like what they were trying to portray, um, whereas like with the the music in here, um, as like a club music is. I guess easier to be like groovy. It's designed to have more popular appeal. Yeah, so like I feel like that could just be like okay, maybe I just didn't feel the emotions when they <laughs> said it. I liked Heroin Tuesday songs. I actually listened to the soundtracks a lot when the anime was airing. So, Heroin <laughs> uh, Tuesday was fine. The best song that they had was the ending theme, and that's just because it sounded like a Doobie Brothers tune, which I would rather just listen to "What a Fool Believes" by the Doobie Brothers. My favorite one was unfortunately not given a full release. It was the one where the the artist was fashioned after Whitney Houston, where she uh she unfortunately she got she got popular and successful, and then she kind of spiraled into uh, drugs and addiction. And so it was actually her songs I liked the best. Oh like, yeah, didn't get yeah. a lot of them. So <laughs> I see. Yeah, no, I, I I think I know which one you're talking about. And yeah, like I I definitely prefer the other ones compared to like the man compared to carol and tuesday i just i thought there was better songs in the show but it was just too much focus on that but yeah i, I think also i think kong ming is trying to go for is that eiko who's voiced by uh 96 nekos uh <laughs> sorry so many cats so many cats in less of one <laughs> giant trench coat um yeah so <laughs> no, yeah 96 cats in a trench coat like when i hear when i hear the name obviously like i'm 
I'm sorry, whoever is like a really big fan of 96 Neko, because like I'm totally just bashing just on the name. And I'm sure like they're they're a great singer. I love songs. Um, I'm just imagining like NASA style of like all these computers, rows upon rows, and it's just all of these cats just like hitting their one button and like oh all God. in sync, just making like the most bopping tune. But you only had you only had like 91 cats in this in this array because you have to have like five cats on the designated dance floor because like when the cats to in the control set, the megazord that yeah, is yeah like the ones in the center <laughs> are the ones the that are dancing word. and like are the ones that are like the uh quality assurance to making sure that like the music is actually bopping and so once once i heard that name that was like the first thought in my head <laughs> so now it's like okay this is this is this is actually this person. Sorry. I mean, to be fair, you do love cats, so. <laughs> I do love cats. Uh, cats are pretty great. I like rabbits. I'm glad there's some rabbit representation in the show. I also like that they did that little contrast of, like, leather jacket, blonde hair, sunglasses, like, tough dude-looking owner is the one that's able to, like, pick up the rabbit and hold the rabbit. Oh, yeah, that oh, really yeah, came yeah, out yeah. nowhere. I felt like, I, and also I felt bad for Colby because he was like, come here, rabbit. And the rabbit was like, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, as, as somebody whose family owns rabbits, uh, if you are able to actually pick one up and hold it in the air for any amount of time without it immediately wanting to get away, it is either one of the chillest rabbits you've ever met or you are a shiny golden god that I can speak like, to the animals. I like, you're the chosen one. <laughs> Yeah. So, so going back to the original thought I had before I started imagining ninety six cats, um, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say that like um, the dual protagonist thing is kind of interesting because of how Aiko is like already like a really good singer, and I felt like Kong Ming is kind of showing like the the actual like media landscape that you have to traverse, um, which I don't think a lot of music shows end up doing that as much where you have to like, it's not necessarily about your raw talent, but like honestly about like the connections you make to get to those points. Yeah, are you a personality? Um, because that was one of the women we meet who are like super popular is like, she doesn't really go to vocal exercises or anything like that, but she has a personality and people are drawn to that personality. So, yeah. I, I was just going to say, it's like a departure from like the cliche from the music show where like the music person just has to sing and like everything like kind of like like everything works everything out works out good. through the power because they're that good and like that's not how it really works and i like how it again it's a tactical show because of that um yeah i i enjoy anything that kind of gets into the weeds about how how things work and I, I realized as I said that my brain was like, ah, yes, James, the terrible person's like dreams don't come true. There's a hard reality, but uh, you know that's a little that's a little too dour. But I love I do like seeing how things work. Sometimes you know when you learn how the sausage gets made, it's not great. But sometimes you just want it for like increasing your own knowledge. And I'm getting vibes from that, uh, similar to uh, have either of I. Gracie, I know you don't read a lot of manga, and Nick, I know you read some, but have either of you read or heard about Oshinoko? Oh yeah, of course I have. It's won manga okay. awards, so yeah, it's uh, it's the story is by uh, Aka Akasaka, who's who is the mangaka for Kaguya-sama, and then the art is done by oh, I forgot his name. Uh, I forgot their name. Uh, it's the mangaka for Scum's Wish. Um, and it is about 
the kind of the entertainment industry. And so it's similar stuff about, you know, sometimes raw talent is not just enough. You could, if you know, if you're really talented, but also an asshole, nobody works with you. And so you've got to learn how to be flexible. You've got to learn how to get people to like you in the industry. You've got to learn all this other stuff to make it in the entertainment business. And it's kind of cool seeing that focus because I do think some people, and this is partially because of the illusion that media portrays, but you know, if if you're good enough, everything falls into your lap, and that's absolutely not the case. Oh, I know this, like, from firsthand, from writing novels. Not saying I am good enough, per se, but I do study a lot about the publishing industry and stuff like that, and being a good writer is not the only thing you need to be a good writer, because the proof of the matter is there are actually a lot of terrible writers out there who are extraordinarily successful, so yeah. <laughs> Making lots of money. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of money, and you read it, and you're like, what the heck? How did, like, you, you, it's the type of stories where even if you are aware that you are not the best. You know for a fact that you're better than them, and they're still the ones who have become successful and made a lot of money. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, James. If, if follow up on that, like if you want a recommendation from me, um, you yeah. should read uh, Nagata Kavi's work called "My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness," which is about the author's journey where she ends up writing her stories that end up being published on Pixiv that end up spiraling into like actual online attention that is ends up being um, like kind of crazy. Cause then the follow-up novels are like, how do you deal with like the follow-up success when you literally put your whole life story of like extreme sadness and just like um, all of the raw emotion and like how it kind of feeds into like your online pre- pre- premise of like releasing it online to finally get success for once. And then it kind of like, it ends up kind of like writing itself in a way and it kind of, yeah. it makes it a lot more raw because it truly reminds you that it's like a, a real person um, writing her memoir, like behind the scenes. Um, and it's like, it makes me think cause like there's other things going on with it uh, within the author's life um, that end up going. I think I've in. seen copies of that book at Kino Kunya and then even at a, like one of the libraries that I've been yeah, there, there's a couple follow up works on it, um, but yeah, like not not to get too much into the synopsis, but it's it's a lot of it is like dealing with pretty much every single form of duress um, and like mental health in a lot of ways um, that ultimately results into a chance encounter that ends up getting written about, and then but like then you have to go and navigate your whole like real life where you have to explain to your parents like oh yeah i wrote this story and they're like oh is this actually about you and you're like uh and then it's stuff like that where like i think in later volumes it it definitely feeds into that um real life blending into the manga kind of work and a lot of it had to do with the fact that it got distributed online first um to find success there yeah sorry the thing about like talking with the parents uh it's like oh you wrote about this reminded me of a again like only tangentially related but uh somebody who had been published uh was talking about you know like oh yeah i wrote a character based on you oh who and then just like sweating i can't tell you (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) if you find out (laughs) Uh, yeah you're the villain and the source of all my problems (laughs) tiktok about like how uh, she said, like, her sister wrote a novel, published a novel, and, like, based one of the characters off of her, and she's, like, all happy, and then she looks at the Goodreads comments, and, and like, the reviews are saying, oh, that character sucks! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's her, and so... 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a preface it. It's really depressing. So like you have to kind of like like I was a little bit shocked at how how brutal it is for not really showing too much of it. It was just it was like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is like it, it's a lot. Going I'll make sure it. I'm situated properly before I read it. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. So yeah. I'll just marathon that and as much of Goodnight Poom Poom as I can see, and then you'll never hear from me again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Jesus, James. <laughs> uh, but okay, yeah, boy, Coming. I, I think my one, like, just consistent downside so far of the anime is that, unfortunately, the production value, like, the first episode looked pretty, like, good, especially when Eiko was singing and playing the guitar, but... I at least for the rest of the episodes for me has just been like very meh and once again I'm not sort of used to that quality from PA works because usually you really usually their anime even if the story is like okay their actual production is very very gorgeous and I I just so I'm not I'm just not used to seeing this sort of like eh, like average and sometimes dipping a little below when like the far off characters look a little wonky and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> your standards are so high because i'm like th- for me i'm watching i'm like yeah there's a couple maybe like r- like background animations that like okay you can tell that they maybe didn't put all the detail into it but that's fine because it's a background thing because the bar is set you know tomodachi game is like hey look at all these 2d animated and the 3d mascots just there look at him go mm-hmm wandering around that flat plane that is the screen yeah he's like unpurpose like he's he's unsettling yeah he's 3D. purposely probably 3d to make it unsettling i know that that was a thing in when golden Comedy first came out and they're like oh man bad animation her 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 and it's like no the the, the big scary things are supposed to be you know yeah the bear and, wasn't and well whack. uh wasn't well received but i but it it, it actually was a choice it wasn't um it wasn't just a randomly decide to make the bear 3d model they they wanted to distinguish it but it just backfired so yeah <laughs> yeah and if, if i were going to actually nitpick going kind of, i would say the fire was worse like it's the fi- like yeah, the fire is the more actual, yeah, actual fire like gif on the thing but yeah it's hard anyway. it's hard to do fire just like is it actually yeah it's hard to, to draw fire and it's hard to draw horses and it's hard to draw good hair oh hair yeah speaking of good hair, hair i do like echo's hairstyle i think that's neat and the the kind of it 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 suits well to the kind of um the kind of chibi style drawings that happen when they're going for one of those comedy like moments because mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a hairstyle that that's get uh that gets used as as much in other shows i mean i was about to make a john dark joke but uh... <laughs> That's uh, that's a little different. That's one huge giant braid, which I also like mad props because that means that her hair weighs like several pounds. Um, I did that and that's intense. <laughs> I, I was going to say, oh. so do you think during the design they were like, we need to give her two braids or else like people are going to compare it to Jean because they're already thinking about Waver just from the character and like the yeah, fact that that's like true. the first tactical thing is just like literally the Waver double phantasm move. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, wait gracie doesn't play fgo that's yeah, really funny yeah guys. <laughs> okay so uh so in uh, we have to explain fate again no just explain just explain calling me okay and fate like so in in fate grand order there is a, a concept called pseudo servants where the personality and like intellect of a historical figure gets summoned into the body of somebody that we already know and so um 
oh, how do I, somebody taught me how to say his name properly in, in Chinese, but now I'm scared to make myself look like a fool. So I'm not going to do it. Anyway, Kong Ming, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to put myself, I'm not going to, how do we say it? It's like, uh, Zhilang, or something like that. But, uh, anyway, uh, he, his, that, that servant gets summoned into the body of, um, of Lord El Malloy II, or as he's more well known, Waver Velvet from, uh, well, Lord El Malloy's case files and also Fate Zero. Uh, and his signature mover, his noble phantasm, is the, um, the, the pillar thing. What, what did they, the, the, the get lost in the thing? I think it's called like the Eightfold, or he, there's a fancy name for it in Fate because, of course, it has a fancy name, but it's the, you know, welcome to the, welcome to the Rocky Mist Land, get lost. Uh, tactic, which is the first one that gets brought up in in episode two. So yeah, but I I I do think maybe Nick that they did have to be like, all right, well if everyone's going to associate the character with the, I well, I want to think they didn't think that that, that would that be seems, really really offensive. If it'd be funny like, if that was the case. Oh my gosh, like like they think the audience is just going to be like, oh Kong Ming from Fate, like like it'd be so bad as being like the like specific. I don't know. It, it's like the it's like every time a new servant gets added to Fate Grand Order, and the inevitable memes of like, "All right, time for the Google image search results to get completely ruined." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, so uh, I just kind of imagine like some middle schooler just having like the Fate character on their like report on like Alexander. Yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, like, just totally ruined now. Yeah, we've ruined the study of history for every middle schooler that doesn't do their basic research. Um. I also like that Aiko's hat is a baseball cap that just has the word calf written on it. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You always notice these details. <laughs> I I like to pay... It's it's the downfall of me as a reviewer because I can be like, I will watch the most garbage show with the most garbage plot, but if the backgrounds are pretty and the characters dress funny, I'll pay attention to that and I'll slog through the entire thing. <laughs> I do enjoy, I think that, no, I think it's because there's a couple other shows, or at least manga, where the whole joke is that, um, like, people, like, the there's a character that just doesn't understand how to dress, and it is clothes that basically, like, a shirt that says shirt on it, or, like, some other, like, silly thing like that. That sounds like something Komi can't communicate would do. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So, so this is tangentially related because I've been nonstop listening to the OP for like the last 20 minutes, but yes. I noticed that I was on the High Dive official channel for the opening on YouTube. Um, yeah. That has 88,000 views, which is really funny because some random user, whoever ripped it, the, the opening first and posted it, has 4.7 million views. Oh, that's Oof. so typical. It's yeah. so it's funny. Very typical. Oh, man, dude. High Dive didn't know they had a, a banger on their hands, you know. Like no, I think they, I think they do because they definitely have been using, they've been promoting that on their social media. I think it's just like they couldn't else. put it on YouTube until they got permission from Japan. Yeah, I, I, exactly. But, it's just someone, yeah. someone snapped first, and like the the original video is a little bit shorter just because it doesn't have the like, please watch this on High Dive message, you know, at like the very end. Yeah. So like, oh man, what could have been? It, this is the one case where crime does pay in views i don't think like literally the one hour version has has four hundred thousand views compared to high dive's channel <laughs> we will link the high dive video because <laughs> we have to please support the, the, support the proper the channels reviews. for things uh-huh. <laughs> uh i enjoyed the opening uh 
Also, though, my brain decided to do what it usually does and goes, this is a cool song. What other song does it remind me of? Like, for example, <laughs> earlier, the, the Carolyn Tuesday ending theme reminds me of What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. And I knew that there was one. Uh, and it was the it, it it's a bass nectar song. And because it's bass nectar, it's written in a Scandinavian language that I can't pronounce. But it's that I think I sent it in one of our DMs, but it's the song about like playing Dota. Uh, there's an English version called All I Ever Wanted, uh, also by Bass Nectar, but I think the original in, in, I think, Swedish is funnier because it is a song about playing Dota. Um, and I will link the uh, oh, link that no. song as well. I, okay, so I'm also watching this the both videos. I realized the, the video with the more views is, like, objectively the worst one because it does that Ultra HD thing where oh they smooth they it they smooth it by putting in the ai and like the timing looks no! so weird the more i look at it but like the only thing that looks way better is just like like Ming's like initial swag dance but like at the very beginning but it's like yeah. it's so much worse and like there's more particle effects everywhere that like doesn't oh, it's so bad everybody there's an excellent youtube video there's an excellent youtube video by a youtuber named noodle that basically talks about how people that think that they're doing hd they're actually ruining the medium and i totally agree with that yeah like um, the timing if, if if it was meant to be viewed in x number of frames per second they would have made it that way yeah i wish i could talk about framing and timing on like a podcast but i don't we, have any vision you are one, you, this is as much as i like to say that i'm in charge of the podcast this is entirely a group effort you can suggest subjects that would be really funny be like all right Let's imagine this this frame being animated on twos and one. <laughs> like, just yeah, like at that point you don't even need like a streaming service because now you have the tools to just imagine the perfect show in your head. <laughs> like, yeah, just sit and stare at the wall and imagine the ima- anime. <laughs> imagine the anime, <laughs> just like how people in the old days used to do it. <laughs> yeah, stare at the barn and think. <laughs> I do like the dance in the opening sequence, though. I think that that's, uh, it is definitely based on something. It reminds me of, like, the grannies that the that do Tai Chi in the park. But um, I, I also am a clunky, not very uh, flexible or fluid person. And so I admire that whole smoothness of, of performance. I think it's neat. You know, anything I can't do, I think is neat. Mostly because I can't do it. I do like the joke that someone says this is this opening is actually Kong Ming's strategy to draw more fans. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. this is the funniest one, and also the yeah. fact that it's like a Japanese show based off a Chinese folklore character with a Hungarian song, like as the original like track. Um, yep, it's so interesting. Everything blended together like this. It's neat because you get, we've had other shows like other manga and anime uh, about like historical Japanese figures coming to the future or coming to the present, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, so I think it's interesting that that they've done it from somebody uh, from the Three Kingdoms period. I think yeah, it's neat. I, I'm it's so a little different. It's a new spin. Whether this anime is available in China and what Chinese people would think, like from mainland China, but. I personally really like it because, you know, I'm a huge history nerd and I know a lot of Chinese history because actually I I grew up only knowing how to speak Chinese and only really understanding Chinese culture. It it was a while before I I would like, quote unquote, integrate with more of the U.S. society because of how like a bubble that I grew up in. But uh, but Zhuge Liang is just one of the most revered historical figures in China. And so I'm curious if like, you know, 
mainland Chinese people, if they like the idea or if maybe they're upset because it's sort of like a ridiculous situation. But, you know, I think his character is such a positive, you know, is a positive, likable character that I don't think it hurts at all. So I personally really like it. But I would be curious to hear how, like, mainland Chinese people think so. <laughs> I could try to follow up on that, yeah. Because from my understanding, I asked one of my friends who's in mainland China about it, and he was honestly surprised that this was, like, one of the top shows in the season. But also that's, like, because I think so much of it's dictated on, like, the big three with, like, Kaguya and Spy Family and stuff have mm-hmm. kind of been... Um, driving a lot of the engagement so like it 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 could be a situation where it it picks up and drives up on um on the different channels depending on like what goes through billy billy um yeah i do think this season is very much like the elite four and then we get to see who gets to fight it out for the other spots in the top 10 isn't it elite three because we're not quite sure who the fourth one is it's uh it's Kaguya-sama, Spyx family, Shikimori, and Komi can't communicate. Like, oh, right, right, right. Komi just added to the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I, I also, can see Shikimori drop out, but I, I think I think Kongming is like the best one. So I heard it, Shikimori only gets better and better story wise. It's so. such a good show, and okay. the, the okay. opening implies that they're gonna do the thing with Kamiya, and I love her as a character, and I love the, the, the I really hope they do that one page justice because it it made my it made me feel emotions, which doesn't yeah, usually see, happen. Yeah, see, I, I also seen that i've seen manga readers online basically being like the when they first started the manga they were like eh, it's a you know it's cute it's slice of life it's um you know it's just a feel good but they they all said like the story gets really good so story gets really good it's current arc that just resolved is also like really really good because it, it addresses issues that would you know that the youth have i'm old <laughs> don't say that i'm older than you and i'm older, older than, than all me. of you yeah like yeah don't say that you're banned from saying that <laughs> <laughs> don't complain you're old nick i'm older than you <laughs> i'm not yeah. complaining i'm just more aware of my fleeting youth now that james is uh feeling old oh man yeah well, okay, good. yeah, Komi can't communicate. I feel like summertime rendering would be higher up, like, more competitive if it wasn't for the if fact that... more people that, could watch it. Yeah, if it wasn't yep. trapped in the mouse house, so... <laughs> yeah, the mouse, ha- the, the mouse is, is doing unfortunate. You know what would be really funny, though, is that if... Uh, you know how a few, uh, Tomorrowland in, uh, in um, Disneyland is... Uh, usually is just now, like, Star Wars small park section? Yeah. Because they own... Could you imagine if Disney accumulates enough anime that they inevitably have to open like an anime themed segment? Oh, that segment would be in interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> I would go just so that I could rip it to shreds, uh, unless they like because I they, uh, you know, when when the corporate suits get a hold of of anything that they're not too familiar with, they'll inevitably bungle it. Um. Yeah. Release summertime rendering Disney. I know you're listening. <laughs> anyway, I think that just about wraps up our conversation. Uh, someday I'll have a better closing segment, but for now we don't. And so uh, that's that's going to be the something I, I think about when I go off into the woods uh, to become a deranged hermit yet again. I think I made that joke last year, but it's no less true. 
Well, at least if you're a dreams uh, tournament, you still have phone access, which means you still have your Twitter, right? You still have Twitter at the. I I have um, so yeah, I'll be gone for uh like seven weeks, and so we'll figure it out. We may have another person come in to help host um, and so, yeah, I will have phone access a little bit, maybe like once a week, depending on if I go into town or not. So, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be. It'll be that whole, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to do a social media purge, but very few people have, like, the willpower to actually, like, set down their phone for long enough. The easy solution is just go live in a place with no cell reception for two months. I no think cell that's, reception. like, the only solution, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lock your, lock your phone in a box uh, that you don't have the combination for and throw it into a river. Don't actually throw it into a river. No, throw it into a river. Do it. You have to commit. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you're not going to plug you so your social, I'll plug my social. You can follow me at oh, Nico I mean, at Nico I didn't realize Neko. that you were attempting to have us plug our social medias. You can find me uh, barely keeping the official podcast Twitter alive uh, at Andy Trends Pod. Um, and then if you want to follow me in particular, you can find me at, at Konochioda. You're going to get a combination of anime takes, public transit opinions, and um, a lot of Review Starlight fan art. Anybody else want to plug anything now that I've exposed my my soul I, to the I'll, world? I'll repeat. I'm, I'm at I'm Nico and Nico the Neko. I haven't posted anything in like three months. But if you follow me and I see a notification, then I'm gonna assume that someone followed me, and I will give you something. I haven't figured it out, but I'll... <laughs> 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 all right. Well, I am um, not giving you my personal social <laughs> <account>. <laughs> but, uh, If you would like to check out the Girl Taku Twitter account, which I do do most of the tweeting. Sometimes Agnes will come in and tweet like once in a blue moon, but I am the only extrovert in that group, so I'm the one tweeting it. So, um, but that one is at girltaku underscore at, and it's literally called girltaku podcast. And you'll get to see a lot of my analysis of anime episodes, particularly like character development, how I feel about portrayals of like particular themes, and just overall small. Or other just random small things that I noticed. For example, I have become convinced in the most recent episode of Healer Girl that the two mentors are totally in a relationship with each other. And so it's just random stuff like that. And on top of that, of course, promotions for our actual Girl Taku episode. Yeah. Uh, go listen to Girl Taku. If you enjoy... Uh, they do... <laughs> I like I like listening to the episodes because it's me going like, oh, I wish we could do an episode on that because uh, admittedly we are kind of chained to whatever's hot and popular. Uh, and so that kind of deeper analysis of particular, like if you like talking about tropes, you should go listen to Girl Taku. Uh, the episode on like favorite anime worlds, mm, chef's kiss, fantastic stuff. Well, that's because you get mentioned in there. <laughs> no, no, okay, look. <laughs> yes, I like it because I get mentioned, and anytime somebody brings me up, it fills me, it, it, it inflates my ego. Um, but it's also because I think I love the world of Blood Blockade Battlefront. It is, it's one of my favorites. Um, just that whole show is fantastic, and so anytime anybody else speaks well of it, it makes me happy. <laughs> 
So that's your sneak preview into that particular episode, folks. You should go listen to that episode. And I'll link it in yep, the description. And for a sneak preview of next episode, I think we were talking about doing a spy family deep dive um, yeah. into the setting, all the interesting stuff going on, not just That's right. Family. Four years of high school German class is going gonna, is gonna to rear its ugly head. Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, look forward to Spy X Family. All right. Uh, we'll catch you next time, whether you like it or not. Thank okay, you, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>